I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered, a podcast dedicated to all things younger. This episode is all about secrets between lovers, between friends, and between vintage porn and the invention of the internet. Here to get into everybody's business with me, she's better than great. She's Lauren Hellergood, Miss Molly Bernard. Hey, girl. <laughs> I love that intro. Hey, girl. Thanks for joining me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. I feel so lucky. I just saw you a couple weeks ago. I know. I miss you when I don't see you. Uh, same. Hello. Hi. Hey, bestie. Hello. <laughs> okay, so this episode is so good. So good. This is my favorite of the season. God, it's so good. It's so good. First off, can we just talk about you and Diana's like moments in this episode? Favorite thing ever. I know. It's honestly liquid gold. It's magic, dude. Oh. I was watching it and I was like, I immediately, it was also Miriam's birthday. So I texted her and I was like, one, happy birthday. Two, oh my goodness, we kick butt in this episode. <laughs> Did you guys know it would be that good or was it even better than expected? I think we knew it would be good. I mean, come on. I know everyone's been waiting for Liza and Charles to get together, but hasn't everyone else also <laughs> been waiting for Lauren and Diana to meet? Because in a way, yes. they got together, too. I mean, is there any chance of them ever hooking up? <laughs> That's been a question from the audience, but I swear, and also from me. I kind of hope they do. I they know. should just, like, hook up a little. <laughs> what would a little be? I don't know. Heavy petting? Yeah, or, like, a few making outs. Or just, like, trying on necklaces together. Yeah, yes. Oh, my gosh. No, okay, wait, this is right, this is right. Lauren and Diana hooking up would look like this. Diana's like, come over to my house for vodka. And then they come, like, Lauren comes over. She thinks they're going to hook up. And instead, they just sit in front of the mirror. And Diana puts on all of her necklaces, like, on Lauren's body. I'm here for it. You guys, writers, you hear that? Please, season six. Okay, so legend has it, Lauren was not originally intended to be a regular character. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, how does it feel to be in five seasons of Younger, especially with that being the case? It's Honestly, totally insane. And it's something I think about most days because ever since shooting the pilot of this show, my life has changed. Something that I don't talk about super often, actually, is um, so I played Lauren in the pilot and Darren really liked me. And so I then had to go and um, re-audition for a part that I played. I did the six line scene in the first step. I was a nobody. I just graduated from grad school. Nobody really knew who I was. And the network was like, well, we don't know who she is. Can we have her audition with these scenes? So I did, I think I had to do five scenes from the first four episodes. Oh, wow. So episodes two, three, and four, I had to do all of my scenes in a I put it on tape at the casting office. Was it nerve-wracking, even more so than a normal audition? Desperately nerve-wracking because I was like, whoa, I have to prove myself that I can really do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I did because playing her has been like one of the biggest gifts in, in my life, actually. Oh, girl. Well, thank you for crushing because <laughs> you are such a gift to us. She is. I mean, everyone is my favorite, but like Lauren just gives me life. She doesn't. She makes me laugh. And I feel like I'm so not like her, but I'm so like her. It, it's weird that I play her, but there initially in seasons one and two, I was like, I have nothing in common with this woman. And now the line, we're the same at this point, almost. Same. It's like it, she has become me. I have be, I have learned personally. I was a nervous wreck when I started this show. Why? I just I had a lot of anxiety about this being my first job and me making sure that I was doing it right and I was funny and I, I was, you know, kind of I wanted to be really good at it. And I think wanting to be good 
made me good, but it also got in my way. It, it, I, I wasn't having fun. And huh. around season, in season three and four, I started just having so much fun. What do you think that transition was? From an audience standpoint, it's been a, you've been seamlessly Lorne from season one until now. I haven't seen any adjustments whatsoever. It's funny, right? I think I had to learn that I was always enough and mm. it was always okay. So that leads me to my next question. So what are the traits or the qualities rather that you don't have but wish you had that Lauren has? Overwhelming, endless kind of what I call male confidence. She does have male confidence. Yeah. She is never unsure or uncertain of her actions or her opinions. You know, she's just overwhelmingly confident. Uh, whereas I'm cripplingly kind of anxious and nervous about even what kind of salt I'm buying in the grocery store. <laughs> Salt's <laughs> Despite the fact that my anxiety tends to be a pain in my butt, it's also, I think, what keeps me sane and healthy and driven and hungry. Lauren is all of those things, but honestly, sometimes to a fault. She can come across slightly delusional at times. Definitely. In particular this episode, <laughs> when she claims to being Kelsey's publicist and wants to retain her. <laughs> so let's get into the episode. Let's so before it. we get into that, uh, the episode starts off with a glimpse of Charles and Liza's new relationship. Finally, after five seasons of Team Charles wishing and hoping, uh, what do you think of finally seeing these two as an actual couple? First of all, it's done so beautifully. It's written so well. It's acted so, so well. And it's kind of a sigh of relief. You know, we can all just the whole younger world can just breathe a sigh of like, oh, good, finally. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with her and Josh, but there is something right now that's right about Liza and Charles that is yeah. undeniably right. For the moment. Yes, for the moment. And mm -hmm. and I mean, what happens this season in terms of Josh's suffering is very real and we feel for him deeply. But he's young and he's on a journey, too. I don't know, but I, I do. I'm so satisfied. Although it does make me wonder, like, if they're giving this to us, what's going to happen? Exactly. Like, what's going to go wrong? Because we have how many more episodes to go? Well, probably a lot this season and a lot next season. Hell yeah. And maybe even, you know, at when, when the show ends, Liza will be like 88. <laughs> I hope so. Likewise. And she'll be like, <laughs> I'm 40. <laughs> If you could see her face right now, it's <laughs> everything. So Liza and Charles, you know, they're still sneaking around. Although together, they're still very private. Yes. How do you feel about secret relationships? Do you think that they can actually work? No, because someone or both, at least one partner is going to be like, this sucks. I want to I be shout it from the hills kind of love, right? Like, don't yes. hide me. Let's be open and joyful. And if you if you really love me, if we really love each other, there would be nothing to hide. I'm not a fan of secret relationships, namely because secret relationships usually imply some kind of cheating, which I just have no time of day for. And I live in, in terror of it. Um, it would suck. I would not want to be anyone's secret. I was talking about it with Sutton on Getting Younger about this idea of secret relationships and are they exciting? And she was saying there is a certain level of excitement to having like a secret in a relationship. But you're right. That idea of secrecy may be exciting for a minute in the moment, but ultimately. I think a lot of relationships start in a secretive way. Mine did actually, but that was because I wasn't ready to become the person that I was destined to be by being with my girlfriend. So for me, it was like a secret about like 
it was a secret to me. And then I kind of like recloseted her and I was like, that's not cool. No. So that's when I had to be like, buck up and tell all of your radio listeners on the air that you're dating a girl. Yeah. Totally. Because I think sometimes my girlfriend, we sometimes we talk about internalized homophobia. Like in certain totally. situations, she w- will like catch ourselves not holding hands in other situations that we would. And we kind of look at each other and we go, what is that? And it's like, oh, well, that's internalized homophobia. Totally. I think she has it a little bit more than me, but. Really? I, I don't know. Maybe not. This is my first female relationship, and I have fallen so profoundly in love that I want to celebrate it every waking moment of every day. And not because I suddenly realized about my sexuality, but because I'm in love in, in this sizable way for the first time in my life. That's what's so unique and, and celebratory about it, you know? I'm so happy for you. Me too. So happy. <laughs> I love to follow you on Instagram. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, I can't. I do you know, all these pictures. I just, but I can't not. I don't, I really want to be a private, like, you know, secret person. They're speaking of secrets, yeah. it's right. There's something romantic and like enticing and mysterious about not knowing. But then it's also like, ah, fuck it. I am who I am. And like, I'm in love with this person. And it's, um, the greatest thing I've ever experienced. So I don't give a hook. Do you think that Liza, if the secrecy continues, she's just going to like lose patience with yes, all of it? I think she's absolutely going to lose patience. I would. But that's just because I'm speaking from my own experience. Well, OK, so on to Lauren. She's acting as uh, Kelsey's publicist. <laughs> um, and she's killing Kelsey. it. And she, she's killing it. She gets her a prestigious award. And we're reminded that Lauren's actually really good at her job. Yes even though she technically doesn't have one. So she's been in a funk since she parted ways with Hector and Dorf, but she's now, like, back. Oh, yeah. But doesn't actually have a job. She just made one up. Kind of, but I think what the writers are really good at, and we talk about this a lot in all of our press and interviews, Darren and the writers are so good with kind of being in the current zeitgeist. So many people, that's what you have to do now when you're, I think millennials are literally yep. making their jobs up. And that's where her power is coming from. And she's starting this like grassroots hip PR firm. She made her own business. She started her own PR firm mm-hmm. that she introduces, you know, in episode two where she's, she's heller good. Yep. And she's <laughs> being heller good at being hella good. And she fucking gets Kelsey this Glamour Women of the Year award. Which is crazy. Like, who was the last person to win that? Like, Mother Teresa? Yeah, like, well, Queen Latifah. Oh, okay. And And Kelsey Peters. (laughs) LOL. Yeah. So, Lauren, in her male confidence, so she got her groove back without anybody else giving it to her. What is your best strategy for getting your groove back when you need to? If I've lost my groove, I have to remind myself of the people who inspire me. And those are typically artists. Yes, I reach out to my friends, but I go to books. I go to novels. I'll go to, especially if I'm like depressed and I'm having a hard time getting out of the house, which I can really get in ruts like that. Mm. I force my little booty to leave and go to a museum. I'll go to the MoMA and look at Starry Night just to look at it. Or I'll go to the Met, which is free. And, you know, I'll just take in the Monets that are there and try to, like, breathe in things that are larger than us and beyond me. Um, I won't read the news if I need to huh. get, you know, not not these days. Mm-mm, don't um, go on Instagram. No, no, that's the other thing. I'll have to delete stuff like that from my phone. Uh, my favorite book is this book called The Argonauts, and you and Taylor should both read it. Okay. It's really fundamentally a book about love. Mm-hmm. It happens to be about queer love, but queer love is a very dangerous and... Um, 
it's a risk, I think, to be a queer person and to risk loving another queer person because, you know, a lot of people don't understand. And that book really has helped me in the past, like, three years of my life. What's it called again? The Argonauts. Thanks, girl. Yeah. Also in this episode, Lauren meets Diana's boyfriend, Enzo, and she recognizes him from porn. Oh, yeah. She goes right up to Diana and shows her. (laughs) Yes, she does. And Diana is still, like, pro-Lauren, which is even more of a testament to their bond. Yes. And also, I loved how you made Diana buy a table. You said you get to buy a table. Yeah. (laughs) That was good. I know. But if you, in real life, you as Molly, recognize someone's significant other from something scandalous, would you tell them or would you keep it to yourself? You know, something like this happened in my life a few years or two years ago. Oh, do you share? um, A friend of mine found a dear friend of mine's partner on an app. These people have been together for a long time. And we discussed it. I thought maybe they should tell our friend and they opted not to and didn't. And I think that was the right decision. If it was one of my like closest two or three friends, I would have to tell them. I think Mm -hmm. that just that would be my responsibility. But my dear friend whose partner we found um, lives across the country and we were slightly not as close as we had been. And because I didn't find it, it wasn't my business. It was just something that my friend was asking what my opinion was about it. But that was a crummy. It's not a fun place to be in. No. I hate having other people's secrets. I really don't like it either. I can keep secrets very well, but I don't like keeping them. I can keep secrets. And if by keeping secrets, I mean I call my mom and tell her and then she doesn't tell anybody. (laughs) That counts, right? Yeah, that counts. I'll tell it to Henry, my dog. I'm like, Henry, we need to talk about this. This is really important. And he's like, lick, lick, blink, blink, food, food, poop, gotta poop, gotta poop. Where's my treats? I'm like, yes, this is great. This is the feedback I need. Yes, 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 yes. Wag your tail. Yes, lick me. Yes, cuddle. He just tells you it's all okay. Yeah, I mean, I fully understand and realize that he's a dog, but he's also just a complete person to me. So (laughs) there's just a real moment of like, what is my cognitive dissonance in that moment? Like, I wonder if I had like little thingies on my head, what they'd even see in my brain. (laughs) The life of being a dog owner. So back to the episode. (laughs) Eliza accidentally gives Charles a book Kelsey passed on to cover when they're busted by Redmond at a dinner together. And it causes a bit of a rift between the ladies until Eliza tells Kelsey that she chooses her, which, I mean, like melt, cry, tears. So let's talk about how amazing that scene was. That scene is so great. So I was there... You know, they're sitting at that table, and I was just directly to the right of them because Lauren comes in at the end of that scene and takes Kelsey and tells her that um, Allison Janney isn't there to make her speech. So um, I was watching it, and I love watching them. First of all, Kelsey and Liza, they have my favorite relationship on the show. It's my favorite. When I watch it, I'm frequently moved to tears by their bond because it's a really, really strong intergenerational female bond. Mm-hmm. And they're good to each other and they struggle and they have a real I think they have the realest relationship on the show real meaning like not that the other ones are fake but it's just to me the show is about the two of them more mm. so than about the love triangle with Liza. Gosh just watching Sutton look Hill square in the eyes and just be like and if you're asking me to choose I choose you. They're really generous actresses you know Hill yeah, she was a child star on Lizzie McGuire, but she's a really fucking gifted actress. I think she's incredible. You know, I went to fancy-ass Yale grad school, you know, learned all of this fancy acting, and I'm a, I'm a good actress. I know that. But good acting is really about listening, listening in a way that 
you're not just listening, right? You're listening for something specific. And I feel like she's very, very, you're listening for what the character needs. Right. And she is so, she's such a beautiful listener. She's like very specific. I just love watching her. She's incredible. Especially, you know, we live in a world where we see all these child actors and so few of them make it out unscathed. And yep. she's one of the few. I know. That's what we were talking about the other day. I was like, how? She just, I mean, I don't know. But she did it. And she she's done a brilliant job with it. She really has. She's so good. And I just, I don't know. I love watching her and Son together because they're both so good from totally different acting worlds, you know, and that they can meet. And just, like, kick ass at these scenes. As an actress, it's so fun to watch. Were you off to the side crying? Honestly, I missed my cue a bunch of times because I was like, <laughs> oh, so moving. This is really good. It's a good acting here. So we meet Quinn Tyler in this episode, mm. a new author who's written a book called Claw that's all about women ruthlessly uh, looking out for only themselves, yeah. which is like the antithesis of what this show is about. Correct. What did you think of Quinn's argument that women should just focus on their own success instead of trying to help other women? I fundamentally disagree with it. It's so important that women help other women. I think that's one of the reasons I get up in the morning is like I do. I try to go out of my way to help a woman every day, whether it's helping her carry a stroller up the subway steps or, you know, holding the door or being like, you know what? I really like your blouse. Even that small thing can make such a difference in someone's day. I mean, absolutely. This show is about that. And there's not many shows that are about that. No. On television. I know. It's pretty radical, this show, this sweet little show. I love it so much. It's so multifaceted. I have to tell you, I just started working on Chicago Med. I'm going to be a doctor for a season. Congrats. Thank you. What's your specialty? Um, I think she's going to be in research, but she's like a third year medical student and she's really cute and couldn't be more different than Lauren. Anyways, I was on my first day. I was on set for my first day and everyone on set, they're in their fourth season and everyone on set was like, um, our, our DP, Molly, is a, is a big fan of Younger and a big fan of yours. And I'm like, cool. His name is Lex. And I meet Lex, and he's just like this dad-looking guy, lives in Chicago, like a really sweet, you know, handsome, like middle-aged white man who wears glasses and is really sweet. And he was just like, I'm such a fan of the show. And I was like, he's like, I mean, I like, I'm a fangirl of the show. Like, I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. My wife and I, we love it. I just think it's the, it's so good. I, I can't, I, I watch every episode the night that it comes out. I'm obsessed with it. I feel like it's so kind. Women are so kind to each other and we need shows like this. It's so true. I was so moved. Oh, I love that. So Kelsey gives a great speech about her partnership with Liza as she accepts her award. Tell us about shooting that award scene. I know that uh, Eva Chen was there, uh, Instagram storing everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it everything. looked like a very fun night. It was a really, really fun night. It was a long day in that space. And party scenes are hard. Party scenes are so hard on this show, only because we only get a location for like a night. So we have to pack in. And these party scenes tend to be long and a lot of extras, a lot of people. And we're usually dressed in fabulous clothes, which are never comfortable. Never. So the heels are 10 feet high. There's like never any nutritious food on set. I mean, I love our craft people. I love our craft services. They're wonderful, but we all have weird food allergies. So it's like Nico and I are gluten-free. I don't eat meat anymore. Um, Hillary was, you know, pregnant so she was trying to do right it was we, we were just these we are we're all hungry and grumpy and uncomfortable in these long I mean that, that was an 18 hour day and Eva Chen came at the very end and she was like oh my god this is so cool I love being on set <laughs> um she was great she taught Hillary a bunch of fun things to do on Instagram but she was like come to our Instagram offices we have a friend 
We have a fresh juice bar, a smoothie maker, and like great food all day, any time of day that you want it. And Hillary and I, our jaws were just like, what? What? We have like Doritos. <laughs> Doritos. <laughs> Uh, so the episode ends with an exchange between Charles and Liza about keeping their relationship a secret. Ugh, I know. And then Charles says, nothing worth waiting for is easy. So what do we think about this? Someone once when I was maybe 13, 14, I don't remember, this woman came to speak to us at school and mentioned, she's called us the microwave generation. <gasps> Elaborate. Well, let's say you have some frozen food that you traditionally put in the oven. And that, you know, takes 15 minutes to heat up and then the oven makes the food in 45 minutes. Yep. That's an hour that you can have in the microwave in three minutes. So our need to have things sated so quickly has only been worsened by cell phones. I'm sorry, if someone inconveniences me by making me wait four minutes for a text message, you are in trouble with me. <laughs> but really, I, I try to remind myself, like, Come on, girl. You got to be patient. So I agree with what Charles is saying. But, but I don't know that I buy the link to keeping it under wraps. And haven't they already waited long enough? Okay, so we've been waiting five seasons for these two to get together. I know you can't give too much away, but can you give us any hints about what we might be seeing in their future? I'm not going to give any spoilers away or secrets or hints because this season is so unique because of what happens in this episode and the episode before, obviously, that it's just worth watching to see what happens and how things play out. And also, what's going to happen next season? You know, the writers always set us up for like, WTF? Like, what's going to happen? Uh. <laughs> Excuse me. That just actually made me all the more obsessed with you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oops. Uh, Molly Bernard, <laughs> thank you for recapping this episode with us. And you guys can join me right back here next week to rehash all the juicy details of the next new episode of Younger. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered. Woo! 